Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And today I'm going to talk about something that's happening in my life right now. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who may uh, be going through the same thing. The thing that I'm going to talk about today will totally show you who is in support of you and who has your back. And that topic is knowing when you need a break. Somebody say, oh yeah. Huh? 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 What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So we all know the pandemic was super tough mentally, physically, emotionally. Everybody went through a different change and everyone went through some sort of, I don't know, roller coaster ride. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. And I don't know if a lot of you out there experienced a pandemic like I did, but even while going through you know, a lot of the struggle and a lot of the changing in life, I really neglected myself. And I think that I want to get on here and really talk about that because there are a lot of people out there who may hear that people went through some things during the pandemic and they're like, oh, I'm fine or I didn't go through anything. And they really didn't give themselves a lot of attention or maybe a lot of thought as to you know, how they actually changed or maybe the good things or the bad things that happened to them or how they were mentally and or physically affected. And I I really want to open up and talk to you guys about it because it's something that I'm dealing with. It's so interesting because last year around August, September, I started talking to people who were like, yeah, I get into quarantine 15 or the quarantine 20. And to be quite honest, I didn't really get it. Um, some people out there might be like, well, of course not, because you work out all the time. And I'm going to say, yes, that's exactly it. I actually didn't get it because fitness is my job. And not only is it my job, but it is a lifestyle of mine. And I have a super supportive spouse that also is really into fitness. As you know, Scott was a professional athlete. So for us, even when the pandemic was happening and things got crazy and life changed as we knew it, 
fitness was a priority and it was something that we continued to do. I mean, even in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, so I was still playing tennis. And then a month later, I was able to start my Facebook group, Dig Deeper Nation, which was such an incredible and is an incredible community of people that are, you know, working out together every day, interacting, knowing that there's accountability. We started Surviving Sean T, which was our first challenge, which was amazing and incredible. And then July happened and we did an incredible collaboration with QuickBooks and talked about how we were able to pivot our business with the pandemic because in the beginning of the pandemic with live events being canceled, you know, in a way we lost a lot of money or money that we weren't going to get because of events we had scheduled. And then we were able to hire Elliot who runs Shanti Apparel. Um, I got in a boat accident then I went into recovery. But then right after that, I had the opportunity to create Let's Get Up. And that was super incredible. But it was also extremely stressful for those of you who may see the finished product. It takes a lot to get there because when Carl Deichler sends me a message and says, hey, I know this is what you've been wanting to do. And this is my idea. And then we collab on that. We come up with a tree. Um, we come up with a treatment, if you will. I get assigned my producer. I start working with someone new who I didn't know before and have to create something within a couple of weeks. It was really crazy. But in addition to that, right before I got the opportunity to create Let's Get Up, I actually started our third challenge in Dig Deeper Nation. And the reason why I decided to do that mental challenge is because I, at the time I was like, for me, I was like, I feel like this is what I need. But when I first, when I then had to create, let's get up. Uh, I don't got time to be dealing with this right now. So, you know, my mental challenge and my mental break kind of went on a back burner, but it was like, okay, because I really love dancing. I love fitness. I love creating new programming. It is that started and it was a whirlwind. Not only did I have to create workouts and I had to create the formula of the workout, but then there's creating music for the workout and then deciding what the collateral is and then photo shoots. And then again, there's a test group and then, you know, you're working with different people and a different team that you never worked with before. And so you are, like my grandfather used to say, you are steadfast and abundantly clear. At least maybe you're not as clear, but you're steadfast and abundant and you're going through a tunnel and you're going 600 miles an hour because it's what you love to do and you're super creative. And I just remember traveling a lot. I actually got stem cell therapy within that time. I was going back and forth to LA. Just in, in a way, just doing what I know how to do best and doing what I love to do. And then got COVID. As soon as COVID, I, my COVID symptoms disappeared, I jumped right back into it, went to LA, rehearsed, went to Hawaii, shot the videos. Um, had a, a, a 10 day hiccup in Hawaii where we got delayed, came back, jumped in a promotion, blase, blase, blah, that brings me to this day. And in the middle of May, or as you know, May was mental health awareness month. And I remember around May 10th, it was about a week or so after my birthday, I was like, I really want to take a social media break. I was like, I need to breathe. I need to let go. I need to just 
that go. Not because I don't love social media. I absolutely love social media, but I started to to feel really overwhelmed, really overwhelmed. And I didn't know exactly where to place that overwhelmed feeling. And I held it. I held on to it for a while. I was able to go to New York, go to New York, have fun, see family, see friends that I haven't seen in a while. And then I got the opportunity to create more Let's Get Up workouts, which is Live It Up workouts. So then I jumped back into that because my time in, and then my time in New York was also a little bit oppressed. So I was trying to take a break, but I didn't really give myself a break. And then I realized when I went and I thought about how can I express to myself this mental stress that I'm going through? I realized that through the entire pandemic, I didn't really give myself attention. I am a helper at heart. I love giving to people just like Miss Danielle, who previously known as Danny Star, who is also an incredible giver and helper she has a podcast called help a human out but i realized that i just went into the mode of helping other people and even when it comes to my business it was i have to keep my business thriving because obviously my family and then i have employees and you know it's it a lot of it falls on my shoulders obviously because it's my name and you know i'm not selling a product that doesn't include me you know, except for my apparel, most of what I'm selling has everything to do with me and the, and the, and what comes from the core of who I am. And which is why I love to connect with you guys through a podcast, through fitness, through Facebook groups. And I just realized I was spreading myself too thin as I started to really dive in and think about what was happening. Anyway, I realized that I, throughout the entire pandemic on a scale of one to 10, if you really should be giving yourself a hundred percent of energy every day. I was probably giving myself 2% of energy every day and just literally demolishing my energy. And I am a person that's always said, don't give on empty. Don't give on empty. And I was, I don't know if you were in high school. I'm older. So when we were in high school, gas was like 79 cents. And I remember we used to say, cause you know, kids, we didn't have money. But I used to be like, we're running on fumes. You know, the the the, the, the gas gauge was beat lower than E. And you're thinking, am I going to make it to that next gas station? And you're like, oh, my God, if we don't make it to the gas station, that that is what was happening. And you do you all want to know what the defining moment for me was? And when I realized that I am overworked. I'm not going to say I'm underpaid because Beachbody pays be good. But <laughs> when I realized I was overworked is I was on a tennis court and tennis is my outlet every day. It is a thing that kind of keeps my head above water because while I know you guys know I love dancing, I started playing sports at six years old and it's a, a huge part of my life and whatever. I could talk about that another day. But tennis is my outlet. It helps me sweat speed, power, agility, strength. It helps me be competitive. It's like a part of my soul. And I remember I had 15 minutes left in tennis and I looked over at my coach and I was like, you know, can we be done? And he was like, oh yeah. Well, I was like, you know, my calf is hurting today. And I felt a little twinge in my calf, but it really wasn't the thing that made me want to stop early. What 
made me want to stop early is the fact that I was so overwhelmed with what I had to do later that the thing that I do every single day that makes me feel really good, it made me not even want to do that. And I remember driving home from the tennis court and it's only a two minute drive and I just had an internal emotional breakdown. I didn't cry, I don't think, but it's one of those moments where you're just so overwhelmed that you want to just cry. And, you know, I had, I had two options. I said to myself, I can hold this in even longer, or I need to go home and, you know, tell Scott right away because I just, I've had, I had some really like dark thoughts because of like how overwhelmed I was. And, you know, I came home and I was able to sit with Scott and we talked about it and he was very open to it. And, Then a week later, I was able to talk to my team and obviously they were super supportive and coming up with a plan. And today I have to say, I was actually a little nervous to talk to Carl Deichler, who's the CEO of Beachbody, who's I've been working for for 17 years. And because he's, I look up to him in terms of he is always going, he's running a multi gazillion dollar business i don't you know i don't know how much the business is worth but um and you know a lot of things are happening we just announced that we went public he's putting out workouts he's dealing with all of us crazy trainers and you know part of me was like i really need to tell him you know how i'm feeling because i don't want to keep going and for it to affect my work and him feeling like that I'm 43 years old and I'm starting to slack (laughs) or get old. But, you know, I was able to tell him exactly what was going on and he was so supportive. It was unbelievable. And it was kind of the final straw that made me feel really good. So I think the first thing that I want to say is... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I talk a lot about really being um, introspective and really knowing how you feel and knowing who you are and knowing what you're going through and being very present in the moment. And I was just really proud of myself that I was, I allowed myself to express myself and not hold it in and really tell everyone around me that is really important to me that, Hey, this is what I'm going through. And it really allowed me to see who really has my back. And one person that I didn't uh, mention is my friend, Paul Katami. I call him my friend cause I've known him for a long time since I started fitness in the fitness convention circuit. And he's running and spearheading the new bod interactive uh, platform for Beachbody, which you all have to make sure you sign up for because I'm going to be doing live classes. And let me tell you something, it's going to be the sickest thing ever. But, you know, I was able to call him and tell him exactly how I felt. And it was just so amazing that so many people were super supportive of, you know, what was going on with my mental state. Um, 
Because we all know I can teach. We all know I can dance and do a power jump and, and some push-ups. But I think that when people really allow you to know and accept that you need to heal in your mind, it's amazing. Because one of the things that I said to people is if you have a cold and you have a fever and you have or the flu or whatever and you have the sniffles or whatever and you say I, f- I don't feel good today people are immediately like oh my god you sound horrible you should take off but when it comes to when it comes to your mental health there's no signs i mean there are signs where if you're like you know kind of being distant from people and the whole thing and you're you maybe look a little sad but you kind of go through your day I just don't believe that mental health is looked at as the same as physical health. And so I was just really happy that the people that are surrounding me and that, you know, I have relationships with work and personal relationships with were really open to the fact that, you know, this is really serious. I don't know. It just made me feel really good. And I think that I just wanted to tell you all that. So if there's some, if there's someone out there going through that, the people who really love and care about you, they're going to listen to you and they're going to understand that. And I do believe that now that mental health is becoming more or the acceptance of mental health is becoming more mainstream and people are talking about it more. It's allowing people to not only understand that it's real out there, but I do believe that it's allowing people to look at themselves. For all I know, Paul, Scott, Alex, Chip, Elliot, Carl, maybe all of them have been dealing with something too, you know, and they had some sort of awakening like, holy shit, I'm stressed the fuck out in some kind of way. Another thing, you know, a lot of times people are really afraid to say something about their mental health because they're afraid that they're going to be looked at as weak. And I think that there are people out there who you will explain what it is that you're going through to. And it's going to allow them to maybe have that break or have that emotional opening, right? So that they can, they too can express like, holy shit, we went through a tough year. I'm just going through a tough time right now. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is how, this is what I need to do to take care of myself. But just to get a little bit deeper into why I knew I had to take a break, or not why I had to not take a break, just to get a little bit deeper into what made me need to take a break. So Zoom fatigue is real. And I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because I don't think a lot of people understand how when you are on a Zoom call constantly or you're trying to connect to people through a screen every day and you're looking at yourself, how, how tough it can be. Not only are you not really in a room with a person, but you're kind of just looking at their face and you're kind of guessing what they're thinking. And I think one of the things for me is it felt like I was always on. And when I say on, it's like when an actor is on set and the director says action, they have to be on. They have to show that they're engaged in this character. And I think that when anyone's on screen, that and someone's on the other side of the screen in order to hold someone's attention you are you have to feel like you're engaging you have to feel like you're 
you're paying attention. And then the thing that people don't really understand too, especially with launching a program and doing a podcast is getting on screen requires you to now go to the mirror, to get ready, to pick out clothes, to look presentable. So it's a 30 minute process sometimes before you even have to go and get on the zoom or get on whatever call that you're doing. And so it's, you know, it's, it's tough. And I was reading this article, news.stanford.edu. It says four reasons why Zoom can cause, one, excessive amounts of close-up eye contact is highly intense. Both the amount of eye contact we engage in on video chats as well as the size of the faces on the screen is unnatural. In a normal meeting, people will variously be looking at the speaker, taking notes, or looking elsewhere. But on Zoom calls, everyone is looking at everyone all the time. A listener is treated non-verbally like a speaker. So if you don't speak once in a meeting, you're still looking at faces staring at you. And the amount of eye contact is dramatically increased. Social anxiety of public speaking is one of the biggest phobias that exists in our population. That's what... Balinson said in this article, and when you're standing up there in front of everybody and everyone's staring at you, that's a stressful experience. And that's the same thing that happens in the during any call that you're doing Two, seeing yourself during video call chats constantly in real time is fatiguing most video platforms show a square of what you look like on camera during a chat but that's unnatural uh by Lenson said that in the real world if somebody was following you around with a mirror constantly so that so while you're talking to people making decisions giving feedback getting getting feedback if you were seeing yourself in a mirror, that would be just crazy. No one would ever consider that. No one would ever choose to do that. Bylensen also cited some studies showing that when you see a reflection of yourself, you are more critical of yourself. Many of us are now seeing ourselves on video chats for many hours every day. It's taxing on us. It's stressful. And there's a lot of research showing that there are negative emotional consequences to seeing yourself in a mirror. Uh, one of the solutions he gives on this, which I think is important, he recommends that platforms change the default practice of beaming the video to both self and others when it only needs to be sent to others. In the meantime, users should hide the self-view button, which can access by right-clicking on their photo. So it's basically hiding yourself. For me, that probably could work a little bit, but it's still the idea of sitting there that just drives me nuts. But I think that that would definitely help. The third thing is video chats dramatically reduce our usual mobility. And I think this is obviously really important because I love to move. And I was actually telling Alex, I think I was telling my team, but I was just like, I didn't get into a career where I just sat down and talked. So for me, it is, you know, I love doing a podcast because it's a part of my day or I love doing um not a part of my day, a part of my career and a part of what I do to inspire people or even when it comes to promotional stuff. I love promotional stuff, but I used to go in studio with people like Wendy Williams or, you know, I've been on a couple shows, a few, a lot. Um, and it was like in person and I was feeling it. So 
and I was moving when I would do these things. So these video chats dramatically reduce our usual mobility. In-person and audio conversations allow humans to walk around and move. But with video conferencing, most cameras have, have a set field of view, meaning a person has to generally stay in the same spot. There's also grown research that now says that when people are moving, they're performing better cognitively. Bylinson also said that one of the solutions that is given is it recommends people to think more about the room they're in when they're video conferencing and where the camera's positioned. You know, that way, you know, you can maybe create distance in the keyboard. For example, an external camera further away from the screen might allow you to pace and doodle in a virtual meeting just like we do in real ones. So movement is super huge, and that's why I think with whatever you're doing, exercise is super important, not just because of weight loss, but just the fact that you are being mobile and moving your body. The fourth thing that they give, which I think is really cool, is the cognitive load is much higher in video chats. You know, by Linson notes that in regular face-to-face interaction, nonverbal communication is quite natural, and each of us naturally makes and interprets gestures and nonverbal clues subconsciously. But in video chats, we have to work harder to send and receive the signals. And that is, it is so crazy. For me, it feels like when I, in times when I would be on stage speaking, you know, even on moving, you're looking at the audience faces and they're sitting down and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't do this. This is why I love group fitness because it's less about what I'm saying and it's more about how you're experiencing it. And I know that you're focused because you're moving. Uh, By Linson said, humans have never taken one of the most natural things in the world, an in-person conversation, and transformed it into something that involves a lot of thought. You've got to make sure that your head is framed within the center of the video. If you want to show someone that you're agreeing with them, you have to do an exaggerated nod or put your thumbs up. That adds cognitive load as you're using mental calories in order to communicate. One of the solutions is during long stretches of meetings, give yourself an audio break. That is simply turning off your camera and taking a break from having to be non-verbally active. All of that is great. I think it's great. I'm so happy I came across that article. Um, It's in Stanford News, and I will definitely give you guys the link in the show notes because I think it's such a great read. But um, at the end of the day, I had to make a decision that for me, I needed to just breathe. So, you know, while the podcast will still be going on, we have plenty of episodes. I'm actually personally going to take about a three-month break from getting on screen as much. And I'm actually going to obviously be teaching classes for Summit, but most of my summer is going to just be really focused on mental recovery. And I'll bring you guys along for the journey. I'm so excited about the mental recovery. I'm so excited about um, just finding a way to reboot and recharge and to all my friends and coworkers out there. I just want to say thank you so much for being so supportive. And for those of you who out there that need it, please take the time for yourself. Your mental health is so important and it is not necessary for you to dig deep in the mental space, right? Like it's yes, dig deep in making your mental space better, but 
there's no need for you to continue to, um, like Balenson said, utilize mental calories that you don't need to utilize. That is only going to bring your mental health down. I hope this episode really helped you um, because I know a lot of people out there are going through the same thing. And if you take some of those solutions I gave or even if you're just able to talk to somebody out there, it's only going to help you feel better and obviously continue to trust and believe in who you are. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.